and welcome to Build, Lead, Succeed, the official podcast of the National Association of Women in Construction. I'm your host, Angela Highland, and I've got a great show for you today. If you are a woman in construction who owns a business or wants to own a business, you are going to get so much from my interview with Cora Lee Beatty, coach, consultant, and the owner of Thrive HQ. Thrive HQ helps women in the trades and the construction industry engineer a business that sparks their soul and reignites the love for their craft. I discovered so much alignment between she and I in our construction backgrounds and what we do as coaches. And so this conversation is full of great insights and nuggets of wisdom. I know you will get so much out of it. I'll be back after the interview for some closing remarks. Well, hi, everyone. I'm really excited. Our guest tonight is Coralie Beatty with Thrive HQ. Welcome, Coralie. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Um, You and I spoke previously, and I really loved your story. Uh, It resonated with me in a big way, and we ended up having a really great conversation. And so I'd like to start so that everybody else can get a little bit of an idea of your story. Um, Tell us um, what Thrive HQ is and your role there. Okay. Well, Thrive HQ is a business coaching and consulting business for women business owners in construction and trades. And with my company, I help women really strengthen the foundation of their company so that they can thrive, uh, so they can really build their the foundation of their business so they have better flexibility, freedom, and really greater profitability. I think a lot of people, especially in the trades, get into a business without really thinking of the business part of it. And then after a couple of years, the business starts to take over their life and um, it can really get out of control and then you feel really crazy. So I just want to help them educate them because a big part of it is you just, you're not a business person, you're a trades person and you get into this business and you, you don't understand all the, the bits and pieces that make the machine work. So I help them understand those things and put those into place. Oh, see, I think that this is uh, badly needed in the industry. Uh, We're always trying to increase our numbers of um, business ownership by women, but also there's a lot of women out there that want to transition from being in the industry to owning a business. So I love that you have this niche that is super Mm. cool. So how did you get into that? What inspired you to start that business? Yeah, it wasn't a random thought like, ooh, how small can I get my niche to be? You know, it wasn't that. It was uh, uh, because it's a small one. However, my background is in construction. I've had 25 years in construction. I started as a building envelope consultant for a multinational engineering firm back in the mid-90s. And uh, after having my second kid, I retired from that job. My husband had his own business. He's a plumber by trade. And he had started his own business and I was working part time with him while I was still working at the engineering firm. So when I retired from the engineering firm after having my second child, that's when I started working full time with him. 
and uh, taking over the business part of his because just like a lot of other people, he got into business with it. And, you know, at the same time, I mean, my background was construction. So I was just, you know, I was just as much part of it as, you know, just getting into business. I'm like, my husband has the skills and I'm like the master organizer and I have a background in construction. So what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, so we owned that business for uh, 15 years and then we sold it four years ago. And when I was on the journey to figure out what I was going to do next, I went through a lot of, it, there were some dark days, just not knowing because I knew that I could do anything. And I love the construction industry. I just didn't know where I was going to fit. So I ended up putting kind of my two passions together, which is helping people. My original uh, university training was in psychology and my love for helping people. So I took that and I married it with my construction background and business learning that I had. And I put those together to uh, become a coach. And it wasn't a re it wasn't immediate, like, oh, I'll become a coach and then I'll be a coach for women in construction. It that in itself was a journey. It was, well, I was gonna be a life coach at first because I really wanted to help women. And then I was like, yeah, but I was really missing the business part of it. It's like, I love the business stuff. So it's like, oh, I'll be a coach for women in, um, women entrepreneurs. Like it was just this broad swiping thing. If you know about marketing, it's just like when you're marketing to everybody, you're really marketing to no one. So right. I knew that I needed to, you know, niche down further. And when I thought about who I could help, it really is all business owners because the concepts we do are just universal business concepts. So it wasn't about that specificity. It didn't have to be, you know, industry specific. So it could have been spa owners. It could have been, you know, physiotherapists. It could have been anything, but I knew I was in construction and I was a woman in construction and those were my people. I understood them. I connected with them. I was one of them. And I knew that that group of people was underserved. There is nobody that is serving women specifically. Whenever we're out in our workplace, we're always on our own, you know, and I really wanted to create a community where it was women with like-minded women uh, creating the, the connection and knowing that we're not alone and we kind of feed off each other and empower each other. So that was really what sort of the, the journey I took in getting from what, you know, after selling my business, how did I get into, you know, working with women specifically in the construction industry? So that's kind of the path I took. And that's where I am. Yeah, you know, when I talked to you before, I I felt like I was having a conversation with myself in many ways because our stories are very similar. I shared mm. that with you. I had my own subcontracting company as well. I sold it in 2017, which mm. just happened to be the same year that you did. Yeah. I did that so that I could go into coaching. And I, I so understand what you're saying about the niche because it's like where am I going to be most effective mm -hmm. uh, you know you take a lot of these after you get certified to be a coach uh, you know you get into the marketing I love marketing and uh, I heard the same things you know you got to niche down and um, trying to find your right market I went after professional women I did not niche close enough to mm -hmm construction uh, because I'm still very connected to construction and uh, I, I because of NAWIC I I have like this nice pool of women that I'm already able to mm -hmm. work with uh, right. so I just found it so interesting what you said earlier about psychology mm. that is a fascinating um, statement because I think a lot of coaches and consultants they they don't take the step to understand people and what drives people 
what do you find in the work that you do is the biggest driver for the women that you're working for? Ooh, that's interesting because it's kind, it is very interesting because it is an interesting group of people. Um, the driver is they can do it. They can do it. It's like this. They're so they're such a powerful woman who is works against the uh, grain, who is not trying to fit in, but really chasing after her own passions. Like that is really um, the type of person it is. She's um, strong. However, what what is really an interesting contrast is that a lot, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say maybe 100% minus one is one of the biggest things I deal with is mindset because a lot of these same women who are very strong and you know have done so much to get to where they are lack the confidence and they have a ton of fear you know the fear of stepping out on their own to you know start their own business or whatever it happens to be to to get out of it's there's this space that of uncertainty that really causes so much fear so we constantly work on those two things so it's a really interesting um personality if you want to call it that those the uh the range of traits or you know that i see it, it is interesting yeah i find that to be so i love that you talked about mindset because sometimes we can be our own worst enemies right uh, there's always this conversation about breaking the glass ceiling and mm -hmm. overcoming discrimination when oftentimes uh i mean there is discrimination that does exist but a lot mm -hmm. of times what's holding us back is ourselves i would and, say always almost yeah. always absolutely and how do you pull that out especially when you do have such a um uh it's it's so dynamic where you have women that are very strong and powerful like you said mm -hmm. but at the same time they can be very fearful and unsure of themselves mm -hmm. How do you get in there and help them overcome those obstacles so that they can break free and just go? Uh, how how have you been dealing with that with some of the business owners that you've been talking to? Yeah, it's not something that they just jump out of and you know fly away with. It, it is certainly something we work on constantly because it is a chipping away of beliefs that they have formed over years of you know whether it being them telling themselves or other people telling them or just all that you know the imposter syndrome all of these things that come up so it's certainly not a hey let's just figure out this thing and carry on it is a lot of constant work however we do talk a lot about um their their past successes like what have they like look at what you've accomplished what would you say to a friend like that is such a big question because i think once women can just take a minute to think, oh yeah, like, you know, when you, you hear yourself saying this stuff in your head and you just ask them, well, when you're saying those things to yourself, if it was a friend that was saying that to you, what would you say to them? Mm. And that is often something that they're like, yeah, it, it's like this awareness that all of a sudden I'm not treating myself like a friend. And I think that that is a, a really common switch that women are like, hmm. I need to be doing that. Now that's not easy to do because we still have those voices. However, it is an awareness. And it's, you know, talking about their past successes, the struggles that they were able to get through, all of the things that they have done to get to where they are and all of the successes that they've had to be able to get to where they are. It's a reminder of all those things. Mm. Now, sometimes women don't put any value into their successes. There's one woman I was speaking with uh, recently who, 
you know, I went to the top school and she was top of her class and she was an athlete in university and she has like all these great um, successes that, you know, other people would look at, at, look at as successes, but she doesn't, you know, she, she's like, I did this and I did that. And it's just, you could just see that she doesn't see that as an accomplishment. Like she just doesn't see her worth in that. So, you know, with her in particular, what we talk about is, you know, we, we talk about where she's going, we're setting goals and what are you doing now? We really focus on current um, little goals. Like we just set little goals for her to be able to establish some confidence in the things that she's doing today in order to um, just kind of chip away at that. And to really, you know, it, there's so many stories that we tell ourselves, that, you know, that over the years and years that you can't just say, you know, it's not true you need to find the source of it you need to rewrite it you need to kind of get it and dissect it yeah but that really takes you know for them to do that it's you know it's not for me to um it's not for me to do that for them i ask them the questions i give them the exercises a lot of what i recommend people do is free writing a lot of time when you're you know take a topic and you just write and write and write you give yourself like say seven to ten minutes of constant writing mm -hmm there'll be a point and you don't stop writing and there'll be a point at which your head is empty. You can no longer operate from your head. And when you keep on writing, even if you say, I'm not sure what I'm going to say next, I don't know what's right here, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden there will be the shift into your heart. And when you can start listening to what's in your heart, that's where the answers are. They're not in your head. We try to like figure things out up here, but that's not where the answers are. Yeah. And when we can turn that off, exhaust all the answers that we have in there and shift into our heart, that's, that's where the truth lies. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's, isn't it interesting how you can have women that are out there achieving and they're striving and they're, they're accomplishing things and doing mm. amazing things, yet they still have that. And I think a lot of other women would be surprised that Absolutely. they would be held back. Like it's one thing if you have a woman that you're working with that is struggling with confidence across the board. But when you have mm -hmm. a woman that's out there and has a certain confidence because she is good at what she does mm -hmm. and she has achieved a lot, but then when she starts to get that recognition, she all of a sudden gets really shy about it. Yes, yes. I you think know, that it's that, that... imposter syndrome. I think that that yes. is programming that mm -hmm. they've received from maybe even a young age. You know, those mm -hmm. things can come back, some family programming, and then, of course, uh, as they grow in middle school and high school can be so tough. And then of course they get into the workplace and you can get beaten down, but you're still out there doing your thing. I, I just, I think it's such an interesting uh, contrast. Well, I think what often happens is that with women in particular, you're given the, um, you're given the encouragement, you're given the support. You're like, wow, you're really good at this. You're really, and you're told all the time that you're, you, you're amazing at your job, for example, whether you are a tradesperson, you know, in the office, if you're an engineer, if you're an architect, whatever happens to be. And if you're told that you're really great at your job, but you don't, it doesn't take much effort on your part to do it. You don't give the value to the work that you do. I think that's the point at which that imposter syndrome really starts to sink in because it's the fear of being found out. It's mm -hmm. the fear of, okay, they think I did all these really great things and I don't really think they're that great. So what happens when they find out that I'm not as great as they think I am? And so yeah. it's like constantly trying to keep up this facade and constantly fighting it in your head. 
yeah, it's a it's a vicious, vicious place to be for sure. I mean, we're all there. Don't get me wrong. I get, oh, yeah. you know, we all have it um, to some degree or another. And it's a constant thing that, you know, we talk about for sure. Absolutely. We are all there. We talk, mm. I've been talking about this recently, and I, I think it's a fascinating subject that needs to be talked about more often um, because also what compounds it is, you're in a male populated industry. Mm. So you have that layer on top of it. Yes. Do you find that uh, that's just one more uh, obstacle to overcome? Or do you think that more of your clients have started to accept that, you know, I can bring my feminine skills to the table and that's a good thing. I don't have to be like a man. I can bring my own talents to the table. Do you feel like, are you seeing that? Um, not so much. I think it's, it's not quite the imposter syndrome where, you know, they're comparing themselves to being in this male dominated space. Um, as far as, being as good as. I think a lot of women recognize that in the trades, they need to do 150% of the work to get 50% of the recognition kind of thing. So I think that they're constantly um, trying to be better, do better, and it's, and I don't necessarily, I think it's just the way it is for them. It's not, I think we all kind of recognize in the background, yes, I am a woman in this industry, but I don't think it's something that's at the top of the head. They just write at the top of their head. I think it's just something that they have, they know that they have to work extra hard. Um, yeah, what was the second part of that question? Um, I just, do you think they're feminine skills? Like, mm. you know, they were always talking about equality, right? Everybody says, oh, well, we, we're equal to. And I have often said with my clients, but we are not equal to. We are different than, mm -hmm. and our skills are equally as valued, or they should be equally as valued, but how we're going to handle a crisis is going to be way different than what how a man is gonna handle crisis, and that's okay. Maybe mm -hmm. they're better at doing some things and we're better at doing some things. So I think there's a certain acceptance that comes uh, for women, business owners, number one, women in leadership roles, uh, whether they're in construction or not, I think that mm -hmm. just adds a little extra layer, like I said before. But yeah, you know, how I, do you feel about that? I still think that there's a lot of women who are not comfortable bringing their feminine side to whether it be business or on site, whether, you know, whether they're in the trades, an employee or a business owner. There's still a lot of women that feel as though they need to hide and not bring, they don't recognize those feminine qualities as um, strengths. And it is something that we are working on for sure, like that I that I also talk about because there is that skill set, and that's the thing. I think that's one of the the great things about promoting women in construction and bringing them in is to bring their skill set, is to actually use what their natural skills, their talents, which you know, communication, organization, attention to detail. There, there's just there's so many things that I think that um, the women that I work with haven't acknowledged that are actually powerful. Those those skills that they have, they don't use and they don't see them as empowering them yet. So mm -hmm. it's it's a conversation we have. I think that, um, yeah, that's an ongoing conversation for sure. Yeah, always, right? I And I think I was telling you on our call the other day, you know, I have found it um, very 
unique situation in, so I went out to be a coach and then because of COVID, I had to go back to work and mm. I went back to construction as a project manager from the general contractor side, which was right. a very different perspective. Mm. But where I didn't before as a business owner ever notice any discrimination, I, I was never treated like I was a woman in construction. I was mm. a, a business owner that happened to be a woman. But now that I'm in the field every day, I'm on the site, I I feel it. I hear it. Uh, if I've got to go and lay down the law to somebody, you know, mm -hmm. I hear comments from other people that you, they would never say to a man, mm -hmm. you know. And usually it's it's something uh, about emotions or, wow, well, you really had to go bust some such and such. And it's like, well, would you, you know, I don't say this to them, but I think that yeah. would you have yeah. said that to a man if he had to lay down the law? No, because that's what you have to do on a job site if somebody's yes. not doing their job. So I have felt myself. It's just like I'm aware of it. Like I get mm -hmm. a trigger in my head. And I'm like, wow, OK, sometimes I want to take that a little personally. And yeah. then I just I know what to do for myself. I know how to handle those situations just because of the the training and the coaching and my mm -hmm. own, um, you know, uh, background. But I think there's a lot of women that are really struggling with that. So it's given me new perspective for sure. Absolutely. I guess my experience was the other way around where I was um, in my early 20s kind of thing. That's when I did a lot of my site work. I was on construction sites as a young female coming onto site and in a position of authority as far as, um, you know, it, what we were doing building envelope and in the, in the mid to late nineties, that's when everything was changing here in the West coast where, you know, we kind of live in this rainforest and our condos were built to leak horribly. So it was during that whole condo crisis that I was doing building envelope work. And it's just, you know, to fight that the words to say, well, we've, this is the way we've always done it. And for me to be a young woman on site to be saying, you know, well, we need to change so i i had that in the the beginning of my career where i, I struggled i was gonna say i struggled i didn't struggle it was a learning process for sure mm -hmm. uh, but it was i never had a negative experience um nobody said much to my face where i felt um uh, inadequate or not appreciated or anything like that. I wasn't disrespected to my face. I certainly had notes left on walls for me when I showed up for site next time. Um, <laughs> not signed, if you can imagine. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I was typically treated okay. But it was also my, you know, learning to communicate with them effectively. I wasn't there as a know-it-all. I was there to learn because I knew that I didn't have all the answers, but I also knew that I needed to gain their respect, work with them and to get, you know, to the outcome that we all needed to get to. So that was kind of the early experience. But then as a business owner, I think because I had 10 years of being on site and dealing with it and learning and growing and all those things, by the time I became a business owner, I was pretty confident on a construction site. I was familiar with the space, I was familiar with the people, not the specific people, but the positions, for example. And I never really, it wasn't a second thought for me to be a business owner on a construction site. It was, um, it was just kind of the way it was. This is who I am and this is what I do. But we also were in residential. So we worked a lot with the same contractors, same sub trades. So, um, you know, you kind of get to know the people. Yeah. You mentioned earlier communication, mm -hmm. I think. 
this is one of the biggest uh, touch points for, well, everyone. But I think especially um, for women in the business space, um, you know, communication is so key. Talk a little bit about that and, and the kind of coaching you're seeing with your own clients. Communication, I think, is one of those skills that is a lifelong learning skill. You can be a really great communicator and still have a lot to learn. And so it is um, it is a, it is a combination and one of the primary uh, parts of the confidence key, which is just helping them to understand um, a the relationship. And when you can understand what the relationship is between your position and the person you're trying to communicate with and you're taking emotion out of it, because I think that is the biggest thing, especially for women who are feeling, say, inadequate or that imposter syndrome or something. It's just it's very easy to react emotionally but when you can take the emotion out of your communication and you are dealing with facts and dealing with um, solutions and where you're trying to go and just you're not thinking about you know feeling physically or not physically but you're feeling emotionally attacked by whatever it is that's being said i we talk about um ignoring any personal things and recognizing that it's their issue Whoever is attacking you with their words, that's not your issue. That's their issue. And it doesn't say anything about you. And so I really encourage them and help them to not get caught up in that emotional thing. And just because the thing is, when you when somebody gets emotional with you mm -hmm. and you just keep it professional and fact based and solution based and moving forward, they have nothing to go on. They can't escalate it because you're not helping them. You're actually bringing it down. When you work with them and you're like, I hear what you're saying. And what I would like to do is uh, come up with a mutual solution. This is what we're trying to reach. This is what I'm offering. What are you offering? Like just really dealing with the facts. Yeah. And um, I think that that is really helpful in taking away the emotion and taking away that escalation that can happen and just keeping it uh, productive. Yes, I think uh, in a lot of things, like where conflict is concerned, that's so mm. important, right? Keep it on yeah. the issue, not on the emotion, or else things just escalate out of control and things just don't get solved. Yes. Right. Agreed. Um, so what do you think is, uh, like, if you could pick one thing that women business owners need to help them be successful right now what would you what would you say that one thing is the giving themselves the permission to accept help mm, i love that you know i just i was one of them i know the first six years of my business well the first two to three years was great. We were making money, money in the bank. It was great. It was easy. Kind of years three, four-ish to six were hell because that's where we grew. We took on more employees and that's where like everything went to pot because when you don't have your systems in place, mm. you can't manage that growth. And I was of the mindset that so many women are, which is I got it. I can do it. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Nobody can do it as well as I can. They won't do it my way when you can let go of that control and recognize you will be so much more uh, productive 
and so much further ahead to say, I don't have, yeah, you can do it all, but you don't have to. You can actually have people help you and then it frees up your time to not be so crazy, maybe spend some time with your family. You know, there's, there's just so much that we put on ourselves mm. that when we can give ourselves the permission to accept help, whether it be from a coach, consultant, admin person, you know, outsourcing to a virtual assistant of some sort, like there's just so many ways that you can accept help into your business. And when you can do that, I think that you free up so much pressure that you put on yourself. There's this, um, this point that we, or this feeling, or at least it was one that I felt, and I know a lot of women that I work with feel, is that you can't look like you're vulnerable or weak. And by asking for help, that kind of makes you look vulnerable and weak. I, I change that around and say, actually, it's the opposite. When you can allow yourself to be vulnerable, that's where the power lies is in that vulnerability because then you're taking control of it you're owning it and you're saying that i can be who i am and it's okay you don't have to be something you don't have to pretend to be something you're not and then all of a sudden it's just it just lets all so much pressure go and to me when i when i allowed myself to be vulnerable and ask for help the first time oh the freedom so much freedom in that so much yeah i think as when you're when you're running a successful business, the tendency is to control it as much as you can so that you keep a hold of that. And as you scale and grow, you're right. You cannot, you're only one person. You cannot keep all that control and you have to be able to release that so that you can grow and be successful and you grow as a person as well. So Absolutely. I, I think you're right on the money. And I think one of the things that it's true, maybe the other people won't do it the same way as you do it. And maybe they won't do it as well as you do it, but maybe they'll do it better or differently and still good enough, like still good. You yeah. know, there, there is that possibility that we yeah. need to be able to entertain and think about. Yeah, I agree. So you also work with uh, women who maybe are in construction, uh, maybe a tradesperson or you know anywhere in construction that are striving to own their own business, yes? That's right. Uh, what how, I recognize, oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was gonna say, how do you, um, how do you help them get from one point to the other point. Yeah, so I was going to say is that I, I recognize that, you know, it's sort of along the same time when I recognize there isn't that service for women in the industry who are already in established business, you know, there isn't the uh, support for them specifically. I also recognize that there's a chunk of women who, yes, are suffering with the confidence issue and would really like to think about having their own business, but they have no idea how to do it and their lack of confidence kind of just squishes their, their hopes and dreams and they usually either stay as an employee or leave the industry. Those are kind of the two things that end up happening. And I wanted to be able to provide a support for those women who are interested in being an entrepreneur and don't know how to do it, aren't the business sort, and just want to start it want to check it out so i do offer a workshop where i sort of do an introduction and say this is what it looks like and if you don't absolutely love this idea then maybe you shouldn't consider it because even on the good days it still can be very challenging so i give them like the real deal like this is the real scoop 
on how being a business owner in the trades in construction looks. And if this is something that's enticing to you, then I will help you build your company and start it on the right foot. However, if this is something you're like, oh yeah, no, I don't want that, then at least you're not starting down the path and then suffering miserably and thinking I never should have done this. So it really is an opportunity to educate them on what the reality is because it's not easy. It can be very satisfying and very fulfilling. Definitely not easy. Yeah, there's so many resources out there that will help them, but you're right. You, they've got to have those tools, um, those internal tools, and they have to really know what they're looking at. So I really mm. appreciate that you're sort of covering that with them so they know mm. what they're walking into because it's not for everybody. I mean, everybody Absolutely. likes the idea of having a business or maybe doing something on their own, but, you know, the idea of it and the actual doing of it you know, it's it's daunting, as you know. It is, and especially because a lot of these women are on their own. You know, often their partners are otherwise employed doing something else, um, and so they don't have somebody to do it with. And I know that being an entrepreneur on your own can be very lonely, especially when you don't really know what you're doing and you don't have the confidence and you don't know what direction to go, you don't know what answers to look for. So it's just really providing them the support and the uh, resources as well, you know, the know-how just to be that person that they can ask questions to, that they can um, be directed with. Like it's just, I, I think it just gives a lot of women a solution to some situation that maybe they're not happy with being as an employee. Yeah, I would agree. Corley, what, what inspires you every day? Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you, it has taken, my, my words are patience and perseverance, patience yeah. and perseverance, because no exactly words. what I said, building a business is not for the faint at heart, but I, I am truly passionate about the construction industry and I am truly passionate about growing the number of women in the industry. And I want to give them the support and the options to stay in the industry. I heard the stat on, uh, in, on International Women's Day last year, I was listening to the, this panel, and one of the women said that um, with the women that enter the construction industry, 72% of them don't complete their career in the industry. And that kind of broke my heart because I know how much I love the industry. And although I'm not actively you know, in a business or in the field anymore, and it's something that I do plan on getting back at as, you know, as I go, however, I don't want other people to have to leave the industry feeling like they don't have a choice. So I am really passionate about providing support for the women who don't otherwise feel supported and giving them some hope, giving them the opportunity to do something that they may have otherwise not thought was an option for them. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, the latest statistic, I think we're up like 11.2% now as of the uh, Women in Construction 2022 that just came out. And that's barely moving the needle, barely. And, and a lot I, of that is women that are actually in the office, not women who are either business owners or, you know, that includes, you know, admin people and stuff like that. So it is still a pretty, very small number of women who are either business owner or um, yeah. you know, actually in the field. Yeah, I think it's nominal for uh, women business owners mm -hmm. and that they don't, they don't even actually know that that's not a statistic they are willing to report on. And do you know why? <laughs> because of, you can't co count that low. <laughs> well, uh, yes, it's very low, but it's also skewed because yes. of um, the certification process to be a WBE. 
And yes. uh, I mean, there's a lot of people out there where it's a, the wife owns 51%, the husband owns 49%. They do that so they can get it, but the wife doesn't actually have any involvement. So they, yes. by numbers, it looks like 3%, but mm. they've said we have to discount that because we don't even know. Um, well, that's I, a lot of the research that I did showed that for sure. Like the, the women yeah. are nowhere to be found in the business, but because they get that designation, why not put yeah. the name, put the name on the papers? Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think a lot of it has to do with culture. I mean, you know, these companies, many of the construction companies out there, they have strong cultures and they promote from within and they, they help you with professional development programs and goal setting and all of these things. Um, and I hope that that continues because I do see growth. I see more women out in the field more than I did before. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think over the next five years, I think we're going to see those numbers improve. But I'm hoping that more of these uh, smaller subcontractors get on that program because mm. the big GCs have it. I think they see it. They're always promoting it. Uh, they're helping women get the tools that they need. And there's not so much of a line for them. They, mm -hmm. you know, women are included. It's equity for all. But uh, on the subcontractor level, I think it's much, much different. You see way more um, male leadership. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, there's not a ton of tradeswomen out there. So I think that it's a, a culture thing. and Women just got to gotta get them out there, get them trained, get them skills, help them with their voice. Uh, mm -hmm. The communication is key. Confidence is key. Mm -hmm. And letting them know that this is a great industry. You know, you yes. can make a lot of money. It's a mm -hmm. cool industry to see something go from, you know, a concrete slab to a building mm -hmm. and have a part of that from so many angles, whether whether you are uh, in, um, you know, architecture and engineering or uh, legal side or administration, whatever mm -hmm. it is, there's so many things that touch construction. So it's just getting it out there, right? Well, and that's kind of what I'm on a mission to do. I've been, um, you know, connecting with a lot of people to do as much as I can to spread the word because I think there is a misconception on that half, on behalf, of, on the part of women, that you know, construction is this dirty place, and you know, people don't want to get their hands dirty, and it can be that. But there's so much more that it can be that um, I, I really, as much as I have the opportunity and any chance I get, I I share that there is so much so much possibility, so much opportunity for women to really thrive and do well in the industry. There is a place for them, a necessary place. Yes, a necessary place. I, I love that. Well, Coralie, it has been a pleasure. Uh, this has been a great conversation and I hope you and I can continue on uh, in the future and stay connected because uh, number one, we have a lot in common, but uh, I think that you, and I have, um, we see this powerful industry and the power that women have within it. So yes. let's stay connected. And uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining me today. And uh, I wish you well in your business. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Give yourself permission. There are so many resources to you as a woman in construction, whether you are looking to 
enhance your skills, grow your existing business, or transition into starting your own construction business. There may, may be some bias out there, but there is nothing really stopping you from getting where you want to be. If you have a goal and are having a problem reaching that goal, keep going and keep seeking out solutions. Be tenacious and network. NAWIC exists for exactly this reason, by giving you the support you need. If you need to connect with someone who can guide you and you are not sure where to start, please visit Coralie's website, www.thrivehq.ca. And of course, she can be found on LinkedIn. You can also reach out to me and I can connect you to resources as well. Feel free to email me at podcast at nawick.org and of course on all social channels as well. A big thank you to Coralie Beatty for joining me and as always, thank you to our sponsor and partner, TouchPlan, a leading construction planning software that makes project outcomes more predictable and profitable. It delivers approachable, progressive job site data and analytic solutions that transform construction into a more collaborative, transparent, and predictable process. TouchPlan is committed to the belief that learning from data is the key to rapid recovery from project variances and improving project certainty. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. That's all for now. But just remember, we are just getting started.